Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Focus on Albany. My guest today is Mary Rosak. And Mary is you're the press secretary, right? Yep, the director of communications for Albany County. Pretty close. And, and we're going to talk. Mary hasn't been on the show since the, uh, I'd say March. So I think it's um, relevant that we do a show about the coronavirus where she can update us what's going on in Albany County. So, Mary, how are you doing? You guys must be, like, really beside yourself with that, right? Right. Well, you know, County Executive McCoy has been, as, as he said uh, today as we're, as we're taping this, uh, 133 days. Um, and for a majority of those days, we were doing live press briefings. Um, not just five days a week, that was seven days a week. Um, you know, the county executive um, has been working around the clock, and many of our departments, uh, while we, we, Albany County never shut down, right? So while many of our departments uh, may not have been working physically in the buildings, they were working remotely. Um, there mm-hmm. were a, a number of people um, that continued to, uh, to work throughout um, this pandemic, um, from our county office buildings, and uh, including our, our Department of Health, which has been uh, fantastic and has been doing contact tracing from the beginning, I might add. It's, it's one of those things that we've, people um, heard about with the governor, you know, probably, you know, two months ago. The, the, that was the new, the new phrase, contact tracing. But we've been doing that uh, since the beginning, and we've been doing that for all kinds of communicable diseases at the Department of Health uh, for decades. Now, what... Actually, what is contact tracing? Contact tracing um, is the means by uh, by which we discover um, who a positive case has been in contact with. So, um, you know, we'll we'll get um, a positive test result for Jane Doe, and at that point, we will talk to Jane and say, Jane, we want to know where you have gone who you have been in, in contact with, where you have traveled in the last X number of days. And, and the contact tracer will start taking that information down. So let's say that, um, that Jane went grocery shopping um, at ABC store yesterday. So that would be on the list. And uh, Jane then uh, stopped to get uh, gas at such and such a gas station on Western Avenue. And then um, Jane uh, went uh, went to uh, drop off uh, some groceries that she had that she had got to a uh, for a neighbor, uh, a senior citizen neighbor. And when she dropped them off, um, she did practice uh, social distancing and left the the, the um, groceries outdoors on the on the front stoop. But then went home uh, and has been with uh, her family and she is married and has two children. That would have been yesterday. And then we would go back several days. And the contact tracers would then be able to determine after, after um, asking and interviewing uh, Jane, putting her through a number of other questions, um, who they needed to reach out to at that point. Because a lot of things are dependent upon with the contact tracing, how long you have been 
uh, in someone's presence, the nature of the type of, of, of presence that you've had with someone. Um, and that would determine whether or not those other folks um, would need to then be alerted and perhaps go for testing, or if, uh, if they would not then need to be contacted. Now, in that instance, um, you know, Jane has been wore a mask, right? So we'll add that layer to it. Jane went to the grocery store, had her mask on, and didn't interact with anyone uh, except the cashier, and only purchased less than 10 items, was there for a matter of a few minutes. And um, in all likelihood, um, the cashier had, uh, was behind, was behind uh, some uh, transparent or some, some um, plastic sheeting, glass, and had a mask mm -hmm. on and had uh, sprayed the conveyor belt, et cetera, uh, as many of them do, and cleaned that. So in that instance, the, um, the cashier, the, the store may, may not uh, need to be notified. However, Jane lives with a husband and two children. They are in each other's space. They are likely not masking when they're in their home because they are the same family. So in that instance, it would be um, it would would be incumbent upon Jane and her family to have the rest of, of them tested. Um, that's the importance of contact tracing. Contact tracing identifies those and the situations which would require or necessitate testing. Um, it would, in an instance, let's say Jane, um, let's say Jane worked at a restaurant and perhaps was a server in a restaurant, a member of the wait staff. That might be a situation then, when we found that out, that we would then have to reach out to the wait staff, find out if they had any symptoms, any signs, uh, and, and then move from there. That's the importance of contact tracing. Um, not everyone okay. yeah, because not everyone okay. who comes in contact with a positive person needs to be tested, right? It depends on on a lot of variables. But right now in New York State, the governor has indicated everyone should be tested and should go to the test and it's opened up. There's no longer the same criteria that there was previously that you had to have signs and symptoms or you had to be an essential worker to be tested. Oh, wow. So anybody could go to, like, SUNY and say, I want a COVID test, and it would be given to them? Yeah. Well, what you would have to do is you would have to call up the number. You can't just go. There are, are numbers, right. but you could call, call that number, and then um, they would um, book an appointment for you. And then you would go to the uh, UAlbany campus and follow the signs. They, it's, it's, um, it's a well-oiled machine at this point because it has been going on now for, for uh, several months and uh, follow the signs and then you would have a test uh, administered to you. Um, there are other ways to, to have testing done as well. Um, the uh, Rite Aid, Rite Aids across the country in various communities are doing the testing. I know in our area uh, in the capital region that uh, the Colony Rite Aid on Central Avenue, uh, you would go online and you would um, fill out the necessary, answer necessary questions, create an account, answer the questions, and then be given an appointment. In that instance, that's what they call, um, that's a drive-through facility. So you get an appointment right. time, you drive your car in, 
and someone in PPE would come out and meet you and actually hand you the test, you would take that swab and you write in your car, you don't even get out of your car, and you would do the nasal swab, the nasal test yourself. It's a little bit different than the one that's administered at UAlbany. When someone else administers it, it is a very different kind of swab. So it is, um, while it is not painful, it is a little uncomfortable because it is um, much longer. Um, but if you were at the uh, right age site, you would uh, swab your nose and then um, give that, uh, that uh, specimen test back out through your window um, to, the, uh, to the authorized person, and then you'd, you'd find out your, your results uh, in a few days. Um, but yeah, everything you know, requires an appointment of some sort. Okay. You know, when, when this first hit, I remember seeing a county executive on March 8th at a mm -hmm. women's event on, in Colony. On March 8th. Then during the week, I mean, the whole world was just turned upside down where, you know, people, places were closing and there was these dire predictions. And, you know, from March to, to now, it's like our world has been turned upside down. People are getting used to a new normal. Um, you... What do you envision? Do you think this is going to continue to go on like it is? And I'm sure you've talked about it. Um, how do you think? Let's just let's just focus in on Albany County. How much okay. do you think Albany County will change because of what's going on? Well, I think that you know Albany County has done a terrific job. Um, County Executive McCoy has been very proactive in making sure um, with his daily briefings, with his outreach, with his Facebook um, live events, with his uh, press releases, he has made sure that he has kept everyone informed. He has given the public the facts, right? And, and data and numbers don't lie. And by giving people the information that they need to protect themselves and protect um, others around them, uh, that has helped us throughout these last several months. That has helped us to make sure that we uh, are not spreading the virus. That mm -hmm. being said, the governor has done a great job uh, on the state level um, by showing that. Now, some some were not happy that everything was shut down, that we were on pause. But the need to, to isolate, to shut down, to um, cocoon, really, um, our residents was, was important. Because if we take a look around at what's happening across the country, the numbers are just spiking. And as we heard the President um, of the United States uh, say uh, just yesterday that it's going to get worse before it gets better. Well, we can see that. Mm -hmm. we, we know that. Um, and so when you ask what I think is going to, going to happen and, will, and, and what will things look like in Albany County, I think that right now we have 31 states that are on a quarantine list from, from the governor that if people are traveling to or from those 31 states, they must quarantine, self-quarantine for 14 days. Mm -hmm. I think that 
the, what's going to happen is that, that the travel between states for people and the reliance on the fact that people are going to self-report or do that, do that quarantining, I don't necessarily think that's, that's going to happen. And I think that we're going to see more cases, unfortunately, um, as the time progresses and as people continue to travel. Um, that will have an impact on, on Albany County. I think we already have, Cynthia, we've already seen, um, you know, a 4th of July party and the day day before and day after. There were people all interacting, right. and they were interacting in a manner that that um, was not safe. No social distancing, no masking, sharing plates with food, sharing uh, beverages, um, doing all, engaging in behaviors that are all high risk. Um, and from that that party of 200 or so people, we already, as of, as of this date and as of this date, have 28 positives, um, 28 positive cases, which, I don't know, is around like, I don't know, 14% or so um, of the number of people that we project, uh, that, we, that we know if we're working with a 200-person uh, number, uh, were there. That's, that's a remarkable number of people, and yet we still don't even know that all of them are going to be tested. We don't know you know, who the rest of them are. And if we have this late in the game, people that think that it's okay until they hear about the numbers of positives coming back, well, that's too late. Um, we can't have people be complacent. We, we need people to social distance. We need people to wear their masks. We need people to frequently wash their hands. We, um, we need people to cough into their arms and their elbows. Those are the things that are going to stop the spread. Are people still going to get COVID-19? You bet. It's not going away. And you take a look at the number of, of people that have been tested, still a small portion of the numbers of people in, in New York State. They think that also uh, happens to be, I think, about 14%. But so, so a lot of people haven't had it. And, and there are you know a small number of people who have the antibodies. And now there's a situation where we're hearing that the antibodies could, could, will, will dissipate over time. So the question is, can you get it again if you've already had it once the antibodies uh, are gone? You know, until we have a vaccine, this is a very serious situation. And we all have to, have to understand that our lives are different and our lives are not going to be the same as they were, you know, in February of this year. You know, I, I've been talking to a retired doctor that lives in uh, Sharon Springs, and, and we talk about a vaccine, you know, numerous times. And what is happening is the virus mutates, and mm-hmm. it takes a different form. So how right. can you create? How could you create a virus that continues to mutate? I don't see how that can be done. Right. I know that, um, you know, some have said, we think about it like, like the flu and that virus every year, the flu shot. I mean, some years um, they've talked about uh, the vaccine being, being more effective than others, right? The efficacy depends on um, how much um, they actually can guess of what kind of strains are, are going to be um, most active and, and prevalent. So, you know, similarly, I think to the flu, and I'm no doctor, but that's how I understand it is that, um, you know, similar to the flu, when they, when they come up with that vaccine, they're, they're, they're looking at the different elements of, of COVID-19 and trying to put something together for that. But you're right. You know, then you, then you look at 
you know, the, the simple fact that there are people out there that are, that rightfully so, are saying that it's those with uh, in a vulnerable, vulnerable populations, those who are um, older, those who have underlying health conditions, that um, that are uh, faring worse and are hit hardest by uh, COVID-19. And while that is mm -hmm. true, COVID-19 impacts everyone differently because now we are seeing children um, where there's a different type of illness um, that seems to be related to COVID-19 or having had COVID-19. Um, so are those questions. And then there are those people out there that say, hey, you know what? You know, if you're, if, if you're young and most children that get this will recover. Well, you know what? We know that 80% of, of people that get COVID-19 will recover, but we don't know. The other 20% are all variables. We don't know if someone that we're looking at could be asymptomatic and walking around and spreading it. And I don't know about you, but I would not want to be responsible for having COVID-19, walking around, spreading it to someone who would ultimately then, then maybe die um, because I gave it to them and didn't even know that. And I think that's one of the things that has been the, 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 the biggest argument about the largest um, uh, group in the population, the age group of 20 to 29-year-olds, that um, appear to be the ones that are that are um, contracting COVID-19, asymptomatic or very mild symptoms, and yet are still out there and spreading it um, throughout the, the, the greater population. And, you know, they don't know that they have it, but they are spreading it nonetheless. And, and you have to say that after months of talking about this and identifying and saying that uh, you could feel healthy but still have it, and have people still do this and, and say that they don't necessarily feel they need to wear a mask or they don't need to social distance or arguing about that, um, I think it's just burying your, your head in the sand and not really not listening to the, to the data and the facts. Uh, from what you're observing, do you think people are a little more blasé about it than they were in March? Um, I think that people... With the with the opening uh, reopening uh, in different phases of more things, I think people have uh, loosened up a little bit, and with the nicer weather and time, um, you know they say time heals all wounds, right? Because time, the further you get from something, the more distant that memory becomes, right? I think they um, people are not really truly recalling. Um, how bad things were, um, even even around here. I mean, as of today, we have 122 Albany County residents who have um, died from COVID-19. Now, our you know we had you know some absolutely um, horrible horrible numbers, you know that were coming up in in April and uh, particularly the end of April. I mean, April 30th was our worst day for the number of, of positive cases. And it may now sound like a lot, but we had 94 positive cases that day. And when you think about numbers of people still that you come in contact with um, on a daily basis, I mean, when we have, you know, a 94-day and we have an 80-day and then we have a 70-day and we have, you know, these, these numbers all add up. In, in Albany County right now, to date, we have had uh, 
2,139 positive cases of coronavirus. Now, you know, we've had um, many, many recoveries. Out of that, we've had 2,055 who tested positive for the virus and have recovered. So the recovery rate, that's that's great. Um, but when you, you think about what you had to go through, we had to be essentially locked down in our homes, right? If we think back a couple mm-hmm. of months ago, we were told not to go out of our houses. You could go to right. the grocery store. That was it, really, right? Yeah. Um, our medical appointments, even. Not that I have any problem with telemedicine at all, but... Um, you weren't you weren't even going into a doctor's office for anything, and if you suspected you had COVID nineteen, you were being sent for a test. You weren't even going into the doctor's office. They, you know, it was one of those things where being isolated, being away from people, was was the way that that we were handling this. And it's the right way to keep the numbers down, but at the same time, I know we're very social people, so I think that's why we're having a hard time. So when you ask, are people getting complacent? Um, I think that 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 they probably are, uh, and I think that people are are maybe tired of hearing about the fact that COVID nineteen hasn't gone away. I think that when you're not when you're hearing about cases, I mean, we had that one party, like I said, that uh, that that had a spike, and uh, you know, we had that one day of 40, 44 cases, and many of them were tied to that to that party. Um, we now have had a couple of days where we had a, a 27 uh, positive case day, uh, a 17. Today, for example, was 14. But some of those are still traced back to that to that one uh, large gathering. Um, you mm-hmm. start to see the numbers that are not as high, and then you hear about okay, our hospitalization, which is wonderful at this moment, at this snapshot in time, we have three people in the hospital and one in the ICU. People hear that and they say, okay, this is not Florida where their ICU beds are all taken in many hospitals. This is not Texas where their hospitals are filled to capacity. So, you know what? We're doing great. And maybe we can, you know, open up a little bit more. I think that's where people's mindset is. So instead of saying we have 31 states that are that, that we consider quarantine states, we have 50 states in the United States, right? How many of them? Mm-hmm safe to travel in. If we look at that number, it is much smaller. So I think if we if we were to think of that mindset, where is it safe to go, it's a very small number of places that we would even consider quote unquote safe these days. Mm. Uh the big question nowadays, uh we're in the middle of towards the end of the July. What's your what's your outlook on, on whether schools will be reopened or not? Yeah, that, I mean, that is an interesting question, and, and I, I will, um, you know, certainly be, be anxious to hear what um, what the governor decides uh, and his decision will be coming, you know, he said, in the first week in August. I think if we look to other countries, and I think um, seeing how they have done it, I know there are examples of, um, of countries where uh, they've brought back uh, the youngest children uh, into classroom situations, classroom settings first. Um, I think that 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 be the most advisable as, as I as I look at things, not as any with any you know expert knowledge or anything, but as I look at, and see how things have, have been done. I mean, we know that there are the formulative years with children, and we know uh, that 
that, that getting that strong foundation, how important that is with, with reading and writing and, and those developmental skills. I think it's very important, um, yes, that you, that you get children um, back in the classroom. The question is, you know, how do you do that safely? Um, and, you know, masking is certainly important, but how easy is it to keep a mask on, you know, a six-year-old, right? Right. So there's been talk about face shields being perhaps better uh, for children. Um, but, you know, whatever we do, I, I, and the county executive has been very firm on this, you know, whatever is done, it's got to be with public health and safety in mind. It can't be just to get kids back to school. It's got, there have got to be, you know, strong guidelines. And I know that that's what the governor's office is, is looking at. And that's what uh, every one of our school districts, you know, the superintendents are looking at. How, how do you achieve that? Um, is it smaller classrooms? Is it a combination of, of class, classroom days and, and uh, at-home days? Um, is it a shorter uh, school week and then more time for sanitation? Um, maybe a four four day school uh, school week and four days uh, three days off, uh, so that that last day could be additional you know deep cleaning. Uh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know. it's how do you get kids to school? I mean, the, think about it. The bus. I mean, right. is that is that the way that that you can you know, you, you know put kids in that situation when they're that close? Um, I don't know that. So I'll, I'll be curious to see, you know, what the response is and how that's resolved. But I am no expert and can't offer that opinion. So have you been working at the office or have you done a lot of your work from home? Well, we've been working. I, I have I have been um, at the office. Um, okay. While I can do a lot of a lot of work anywhere. Um, I think in, in communications um, and, and working out our, our plans, et cetera, um, the executive team, um, many members of the executive team have been with the county executive um, working out of, out of our offices. Um, mm-hmm. That you know, they are long hours in the office, and then um, it doesn't mean to say that when you go home it's all over because we you know, continue working uh, from home. It's, it's, been that, it's been that environment, and we all understand that. But... You know, it does. It, take, it takes its toll, and so you know, the county executive has been wonderful about saying, you know what, you need you need a break to just step back and, and walk away for a few minutes for for mental health reasons. You know, I mean, you can't be you, you can't be going around the clock. I mean, we do that, um, right. but it's important. All of our, you know, all of our teams, whether it's um, uh, DSS, um, Department of Health, um, our DPW. Um, all our DGS who've been, who've been keeping the buildings and our, and our uh, everything operational and running, our um, information services, uh, which has kept everyone uh, everyone work remotely with all kinds of technology, um, you know, since since March. Um, every department has has played a role, and mm-hmm. said from the beginning, County Executive McCoy was very clear that the county was not county was providing services and we were not shutting down and we didn't. So our services were available while they were available maybe remotely and in a different different kind of way. All our services are, were available. So, Mary, we're out of time. Um, if anybody wants to contact your office, how can they do so? Um, they can give us a call at 518-447-7040. 
um, depending the nature of what it is they need, we can um, you know direct them to a, a department, or we can you know I can talk to them and see what it is that, that someone may have a question on, and figure out how we can uh, how we can help. Okay, thank you. You've been listening to Mary Rozak. This is focused on Albany, and if you like this show, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. Mary, I hope you will come back and keep on updating us on what's going on in the uh, county concerning the coronavirus. Thanks a lot. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, everybody, for listening.